Hey, it's Travis, and welcome to another episode of the Marketing Unboxed Podcast. Today's episode is part of the new career series here at Marketing Unboxed, and I was able to sit down with Tara Quell. Tara is a financial services product marketing director at Demandbase, and we talked about the lessons learned throughout her career and what it, what it means to be an industry marketer, the importance of mentors, and why it's so important to not only develop the hard skills of, of marketing, but also the soft skills. So a lot of great information if you're new to marketing or any career for that matter. Uh, a lot of great nuggets of advice in this episode. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, Tara, thanks for joining the show. Uh, really excited for our conversation today to talk about uh, really career focus with marketing. So, so welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. We were just chatting about, I feel like a little bit jet lagged right now coming back from um, first business trip in two years. So we'll see how things go. May not be super on point today, but it's Friday. So yeah, Friday helps. And uh, yeah, we, as we were just talking, I'm coming back from a spring break drive over to Seattle, a four and a half hour drive. And so yeah, in the same headspace. So, so we're on the same level right now. Yeah, so that, so listen, that's listeners, good. get ready. I mean, who knows what you're going to get in this session. <laughs> I know it could be a shit show, but it could be fantastic. <laughs> we'll see, right? Right. So, so just uh, buckle up and hang on yeah. for this one. So, uh, so yeah, I want to talk a little bit about career f- focus with marketing. And so you had mentioned that you're uh, an industry marketer. And what does that mean? Yeah. So I would say this is my first round of being an industry marketer. Started my career off at a financial services startup back in the recession of 2009. Played more of like a marketing ops role. Then I went over to Fidelity Investments on the B2C side of the house. Started over there as more of like a campaign manager, did a lot of reporting, got into, I'll touch on this later, learning some more of like the hard skills of marketing, like how to code an email how to create benchmark reports, how to create responsive design templates. And then I made my way over to B2B. And that was really where I started to get more into the technology aspect of marketing, learning how to implement technology, how to buy technology, how to scale technology within an old firm that's 100 years old. And so long story short, I... Then I made my way over to Demandbase. They were really seeking an expert um, within the marketing automation space to kind of bring out their financial services vertical. And so I actually sit within product marketing currently. And my whole role essentially as an industry marketer really is to implement the marketing strategies and manage all communications for a specific market. So in my case, it's financial services may not be that exciting to some folks. I find it very exciting. I also am responsible for participating in industry events and trade shows, making sure that we have a growing presence within the space that our financial services folks are showing up at. 
I also am responsible for like all of the product marketing activities and monitoring product releases. So for folks who may not be as familiar with product marketing, this is like my first first kind of show at that. It's all around like building the positioning and the messaging for a specific vertical in my case. I also create use cases, case studies. I do a lot of research. But most importantly, I would say I spend a lot of time on calls with our prospects and customers so I can hear firsthand what their pain points are, how do they use our products and services, what are they thinking about in their world, and then essentially using that to inform product enhancements moving forward. So it's kind of a snippet of a day in the life of what I've been up to as like an industry marketer. Nice. And, and I, I think the last part that you touched on, spending a lot of time talking with customers is so critical. And I think that's a, a missed opportunity for a lot of companies. Uh, a lot of marketers never talk to customers. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that has changed recently, mm-hmm. given the pandemic and that folks have been virtual and there's this kind of barrier that like happened two years ago. And the only way that I see to improve get faster, get better, get more efficient is to spend time with the folks who are using your services. And I really feel like in my day, that's where I get the most learnings. That's how I understand their problems, their concerns. And honestly, it's just, it's nice to kind of get out of like the work of marketing and spend time talking to folks and just hearing what are they up to and what are they thinking about? And I think within each industry, you'd probably hear like, a wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah, I think definitely spending time with customers. Some of the marketers who have like been behind like the curtain, I think of like the Wizard of Oz, like definitely get out and try to spend time with them because that's where you're going to learn about what's happening and, and how to make your products and services better and how to message to them. And really, once you start to get a good handle on that, then like the demand will really start to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I just... Written down messaging as kind of the next way to take that. How much has that helped with your messaging compared to other roles where you haven't really had as much engagement with the customers? Yeah, I would say for me as like an industry marketer, it's somewhat easier because not only was I like a customer of Demandbase before I came over as a product marketer, but I've grown up in the financial services space. And so I literally like lived it, breathed it for 10 plus years now. And so I really understand like what it's like to live a day in the life of a financial services marketer. So I think I have a decent hold on like what the positioning and the messaging should be. But as I start to branch out into other areas, so I spent a lot of time in like the prepaid space and then in asset management, as I'm spending time with folks in insurance or in banking, it, it kind of slightly differs. I mean, yes, at the end of the day, they're all kind of struggling with this 100-year-old or 200-year-old institution where they're trying to drive digital transformation and make a lot of change. And internally, you're coming up against compliance, procurement, legal risks. Security seems to be this like ever-evolving, ever-present concern that most folks are having. And and I think that stems across like not only financial services, it's more relevant there because they're housing really important data, right? Like they're holding like the keys to your financial wellness and your retirement and 
your savings and your kids' college funds. And so it's really important for them, I think, the security aspect. But I think if you think of all the technology partners who may support, um, for example, print backup within you know, banking and asset management insurance may be super important. And you wouldn't want your provider to get hacked and then you lose print backup for two weeks and you have the regulatory concerns and audit concerns. So I think for me, yeah, like I, I have a lot of industry experience and that, that's why I came over to do what I do. But that's not to say that things aren't going to change overnight. I mean, the world is moving so fast. And I think spending the time with prospects and customers, open open your eyes and ears to hear what else is going on in their world. So how, how different was it coming because in, in your prior roles you were kind of in financial services as a marketer right and now you're not necessarily at a financial services company but a company focused on that market so has that been different to kind of slot into a company who's i guess it, the the company itself is di- different right like how different has that been yeah, hundred percent. I mean, part of me was like, "Oh, this is going to be so much easier just selling into them and trying to convince them to buy our products and services," versus like being on the inside where you're the one who I sat within a marketing automation role. So my job internally was to convince my internal stakeholders to innovate and change, and that can be really hard at a company who has been around a long time and has a certain way of doing things, and you have like a political order about it. And coming over to not only a company that is of like 900 people versus a 60,000 person firm. I mean, I'm responsible for anything and everything in the day of like a marketer. Someone asked me recently, like, oh, what are you doing within product marketing? And I just gave you like a snippet, but I also some days feel like an event coordinator, a demand gen marketer. I feel like a partnership marketer and so I'm kind of wearing a lot of different hats, but I would say it, it's in some ways I feel comfortable because I understand what their concerns and their needs and their pain points are. And I can use that as kind of like my superpower that I don't, I'm, I'm not actually at a disadvantage because I don't know everything or I've never had a role within product marketing. I actually have all the expertise of somebody who sat within financial services as a marketer. And I just have to kind of remind myself a little bit of that so that the imposter syndrome doesn't come in. And yeah, I, I, it is different. I think there is an understanding for financial services firms that they want to innovate. They want to change. They want to, in order to stay relevant, I, there are a number of competitors in the space, whether it's open banking, fintech, insurtech, commercial real estate tech. There's so many different things that are happening at any given time that you just have to stay relevant. And it it can be a bit of a challenge to try and sell into those folks who are like, I know that I need to do this and I want to do this, but like, I'm not quite sure how. So a lot of the times I'll come into calls or talk to customers where it's, I'll give my advice on how I did things in my old role or how they can think about not biting off more than they can chew that like you can start with like this crawl, walk, run strategy because at financial services firms, a lot of the times, like there are a number of internal barriers and you don't have to do everything all at once. You can start small and make increment improvements and that's still better than where you are today. So 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag, I guess, but I'm really happy kind of being the expert within my space and helping other financial services firms feel comfortable trying to innovate and make change. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And are you kind of unique on your team of having that industry experience or are there others like you and are you able to to also learn from other people or are you the one holding it all and <laughs> the pressure's I, I, on? I, I, yeah, I am right now uh, holding the keys to the castle. So I guess if I am successful, we will continue to invest <laughs> in the industry verticals. So uh, no pressure there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the financial services vertical was the largest space and where we had the most revenue. And it made sense to bring a marketer on there firsthand. So if you think about like a historical, strong ABM team. I'm very much aligned to my six sellers who only sell into financial services. I have two solution engineers who focus on financial services. And then if you flip to the other side of the house, I have a handful of CSMs. And so we have our own ways of working to make sure that we're staying in touch and that we're sharing things from the field and from the customers back and forth. We have our own sales, uh, and marketing Slack channel called The Bulls Will Be Running. It's a little play on our terms there just to get people excited. And yeah, so nope, currently party of one and TBD, but I think we'll be definitely looking to invest in manufacturing healthcare technology and then probably higher ed. So we will see. Nice. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you were a demand-based customer before becoming mm -hmm. an employee. How important was that? Uh, to you and kind of making the move to, to join the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at my prior company for eight years. And before that, I was at my other company for three year, almost four years. And so I got comfortable kind of doing what I know. And we were in the middle of a pandemic and I have two little kids at home. So I was a bit unsure of like, if now was the right time to make a move. But at the time, Gosh, this was probably in January of last year when I started talking to the folks over at Demandbase. I had spoke at their RKO, so their kickoff for the year, and I had the CRO, Allison, reach out to me and wanted to have a conversation. And I was like, okay, well, sure. Like, I'm not going to not have a conversation with mm -hmm. the CRO at a growing company. And so we chatted, and I really enjoyed our conversation. And then I met a few other folks, and I talked to folks internally. And I had been a customer for four years, so I had a lot of really strong relationships. So I think the financial services background in me was like, well, the risk is fairly low because of all these other things that I know about the company and how they're investing and how they're growing. And then they acquired Engageo and John Miller, who was a previous founder and um, industry expert within B2B, started Marketo, which was later acquired by Adobe. I just felt like I couldn't not give it my best shot and that I would regret it. And so super happy that I came over here and made the leap given that we were in a pandemic and that I was kind of the first industry marketer that they were going to be investing in, but been really happy so far. And I think it definitely helps that we're having this conversation like 24 hours after I got back from an in-person sales meeting with my team where we just spent every waking hour together for four days. And it was just really great to connect in person and have time doing the team building and acquiring some of that trust. So, yeah. And, and after being with your, your prior company for so long, being comfortable, kind of being in a routine, 
and you know, ha- having a family, I, I know how that is because you get in routines and, and mm-hmm. it's tough to change, right? It just kind of feels like it throws your whole world out of sync. And, and I apologize if you could hear kids upstairs through these headphones. So oh, I, oh, probably I can't loud, hear it. So. Okay. Because usually I, I time these podcasts <laughs> when they're at preschool, park, or sleeping. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's spring break. So they are kind of moving about and not at the park yet. (laughs) So apologize for that. But after being in, in that, that role at that, at that company, or I guess at that company, not necessarily in the same role for eight years, being comfortable, being in a routine, how challenging was that to move to a a new company, new people, new processes, a new role? What was that? I think it was definitely hard, but as I said, like at the end of the day, I didn't choose a career in marketing just to like stay stable or stay comfortable. I think marketing is a sport for the always curious. Like it's constantly changing. It's evolving. Six months ago, TikTok and B2B wasn't even a thing. And now I'm like creating TikToks. I'm like, who is this? What am I doing? This is so crazy. My friends who are like, oh, are you becoming an influencer now? And I was just like, no, like just learning a new tool and a new way to like connect with my community and stuff. So yeah, back to like always being curious and within marketing as a career, I just think if I don't keep up with my own skill set and I'm not feeling challenged and I don't feel like I'm learning, then I'm not doing like marketing a good service. And I really felt like it was time for a change and like a, a bigger challenge. I'm building my own thing over here. I'm creating all my own content. I'm figuring out the strategy, which events we want to go to, which partners we won't want to expose ourselves to. And I just felt like there are a number of pieces, not only within like coming over to demand base, but also sitting within a part of marketing that I hadn't necessarily had before, which was the product marketing. And I think if you can really become a strong content writer and have a good way of positioning and messaging you're just going to be set up to be an amazing marketer. And I really wanted to get some of those learnings under my belt and be able to do things on my own and make my own choices and learn and grow and fail and stumble a little bit and get back up. And I think there's only learning to be had when you make a big jump or a big kind of career move. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very similar to why I made the leap back in last August to leave my director role to move into to doing my own thing. And I think it is that innate curiosity that we have as marketers wanting to learn. I felt stagnant. But man, I tell you what, like making that move after five and a half years of being comfortable and uh, in a routine. Yeah, it's definitely no, scary, no, no easy right? task. It is, it is scary. I, some days I still wake up and I'm still scared of what... <laughs> Okay, nobody showed up to this webinar or this event failed or this type of communication didn't work or this message didn't resonate. And you just got to you got to get really comfortable with trying new things and not letting it kind of hold you back. Because I think if you're a marketer and you're not okay with a little bit of fear or a little bit of failure, then you're not going to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and I think... uh, yeah, I, I kind of wake up with the same thing of, man, it, it's scary. I'm pushing into 
something a little different in marketing ops and uh, where I, th- I feel like it's a better fit for my skills and my interests and, and what I like to do. But I've been kind of involved in marketing at a more broad level. So, so yeah, it's scary, but fun. And I'd love to know, kind of like skydiving, right? I'd love to know the correlation of how many marketers enjoy skydiving because I feel like it's kind of the same oh, thing. It's like exhilarating. It's fun, but oh shit, man, like it's scary. And um, Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny that you said that because I recently took a trip and I'm scared of heights to a certain extent. And we were on a boat and folks were cliff jumping. And I was like, oh, that's not really for me. I'm like, nah, I'm scared of heights. I'm not going to do that. And then I got up there and everyone else was doing it. So there was a little bit of that peer pressure where I was like, oh, just give it a try. It's okay. And I was like, oh, it's really scary, but I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to jump and everything's going to be fine because I happen to be like a pretty good swimmer. I was a lifeguard back in the day. I "I can do this. I can do this. Just close your eyes. It's fine. And I think, I mean, even that, like a, a personal thing where it's like, all right, I am scared of heights, but I did this other thing over here, which made me feel uncomfortable, but I ultimately jumped off a 20 foot cliff and still here and it's fine. And I don't know if I do it again, but I am happy to say like I did it and it challenged me and you just kind of like move on from there. So I think you you definitely have to have some of those where like, I know I'm going in the right direction if I'm slightly uncomfortable. And when I've been comfortable for too long, that's when I have that intuition. And I think as you grow in your career too, when you are starting to get too comfortable Mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, let's do a little bit of self-reflections. I have a ton of mentors. So I'll like speak to my mentors and laid out a like, yes and no list of like, is this the right decision? Is this the right time? And ultimately, I think after after kind of going through some of those things, you figure out if it's a good time to make a change in your career or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think fear is definitely a a compass uh, for sure that you're headed in the right direction. Awesome. And you you mentioned failing, being comfortable with, with failing. If you were starting your, your marketing career again, and looking back on things that you've done that might not have worked out. And mm-hmm. failure is a weird word, right? Because I think we need to fail. But when I was I was sending you over some questions this morning, uh, kind of topics we'd cover, when I mentioned how, how things changed or, or your failures, when I typed failure, it felt weird. Like so, It feels very uh, static or like that you can't move on from it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think about your career in that way, then like your career is going to quickly come to an end. (laughs) Everyone at the end of the day is still human. There's still people. I think when I've spent time with any executive level CEO, founder, they're successful because they've had a hundred million failures and they're okay with trying different things. I don't know if I would like really do anything all that differently. I'd say for folks who are listening, like Find yourself some really good mentors and some like coaches who you can go to for different types of things. I have a series of a small kind of army of folks who I may call on at any given time, whether it's my budget got cut by X amount of money and now I'm having to re-strategize. This is how I'm thinking about things. Like, what would you do? Do you feel like I'm a, I'm on the right path? And then there's mentors and coaches who I would go to for more of that career change type of conversation where it's like, hey, like you're an executive now and I'm trying to advance my career and like grow my skill set. Is this the type of role that you think would help me get to the next step in my career? And I'll get some of those learnings. And then 
There's mentors who are also your friends who just guide you on like the day in and day out. The only other type of advice I'd give for like a marketer who may be young in their career is really get a good handle on a mix of hard and soft marketing skills. So get in there, learn how to code, learn how to create reporting and visualization dashboards, because I think as we grow into this more digital and virtual AI machine learning driven type of role, you have to be able to have those technical conversations. And the fact that I just know some basic code and that I've implemented technology and I've bought technology really helps me have those types of conversations with a data scientist or a data architect or a solution engineer that I know just enough to be dangerous. And then I think to the soft skills, really, I think this is a skill that is undervalued, but is just such an amazing thing. If you can really tap into it, it's just like, learn how to be a really good peer. Learn how to be a good person to work with. Just be helpful. I think, yeah, we spend a lot of time on Zoom and there's not maybe all that much time to get to know somebody, but every once in a while, I'll just like touch base with different folks in the organization. Just ask them how their day is going. What's up? Is there anything I can help you with? Because those those types of things, if you're ever in need or you need help or you're coming up against a strong challenge or there may be this other thing that's happening within your organization, then you're going to have a ton of different colleagues to turn to. And if anyone has ever worked with a difficult partner within their organization, it is hard. So just make the time to get to know your colleagues and spend time with them. And every, everybody has their own strengths and skill sets and ways that they can help each other out. And at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same goal. And so I want my teammates to be successful so I can also be successful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those things have a way of, of just coming back around, right? If you're helpful and generous and uh, 100%. listen, it'll come back around. And uh, a lot of times you don't even have to ask for it. It's just there when you need it, right? And I think that's the best part. Yeah. So, Yeah, and also the other thing, I mean, we were talking about failures and little hiccups in the road and stuff. Really, I think what really changed like the trajectory of my career was I happened to be really and truly like, supported with good management early on. And the first person I reported to is a CEO and a founder of that firm out in Silicon Valley. And still to this day, I'll, we'll reach out, we'll connect. I saw him six months ago. And my first two managers at Fidelity were amazing for different reasons. One was really strong and like understanding process and improvement. The other one kind of grew up in Fidelity and so had a really good understanding of organizational context and how to move within the organization. She was the one who really taught me the value of like being a good peer and a good colleague. And ultimately, like she helped me find my next career because I told her, I was just like, I, I don't feel like I'm being challenged. I, I need something stronger and I need an, I need another thing to go after. And she actually coached me and helped me figure out like what that should be. And I just think that says so much about a manager if mm -hmm. they are willing to let good talent and people who, you know, they've kind of groomed and 
helped grow, really go on to the next thing. I, I just think that's so valuable. So having really good management to help you, especially help you in the times where like you're trying to find your footing and, and you may be struggling or you come up against something that didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Those managers and or mentors or peers who can really help you navigate those difficult conversations. Then what happens I found is like, I've had a ton of adversity and I've seen a lot of different things within the course of me, like growing up in marketing. And so if I see that type of thing again, or I have that feeling, or there's been some type of like adversity or trip or stumble, then it's like, okay, I felt this before. I feel a little bit more comfortable. I think I'm going to try this next thing to find my way out of it. Or if I don't, I'm going to have that network of folks to go to, to try and help me figure out like how to navigate the situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, so critical having mentors, having great managers throughout your career, especially the early part to set that, that foundation. And personally, that's something that I've lacked in my marketing career. I just had to get out there and, and wing it and do my own thing to, to get started. And I've never really had uh, anyone that I've worked with uh, from a marketing standpoint that I could lean on, that I could learn from. Because I went from being like just freelancing just to get involved and get some marketing experience to being the director of marketing where I was then kind of what you're in now, like expected to know it all and and be the person (laughs) at the top of the marketing food chain. It's like, all right, I don't have anybody in the organization. I can go to talk about these things and then left there. And now I'm doing my own thing again. And and now I'm supposed to have all the answers still. So, so I'm actually craving that. I think that's something that would maybe push me back into kind of a full-time role is an organization where I could come in and learn and, and be surrounded by people smarter than me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's critical. I think mentors are such a huge thing. So, so important to being successful. I think one last question to kind of take away from this is with, with mentors, I think a question a lot of people have is how do you find a, a mentor? What's the best way to do that? Gosh, a question off the cuff. <laughs> I honestly feel like it, it, and it may be a little bit different now because we're in this virtual world and folks aren't out and about as much as they used to be. And I did come from a 60,000 person company and before that a startup. And so I'd always kind of been in the office. I would say join a community and find somebody who has skill sets and or the type of leadership that you may be seeking. And if you do reach out to them, make sure it's more of like that you're going to find folks who, you know, who are willing to like spend time with you and help you grow from your career and learn from you. I actually, when I was at B2BMX, Arthur from Chili Piper introduced me to someone he had met through another person and uh, he was in financial services. And I was like, wow, I was like, you're like super young in your career and you're doing like really amazing things. And you're like getting into technology and like you're creating your own demos and your own videos. And I was like, I really feel like I could learn a ton from you too. And so now we have a monthly reoccurring meeting, which we actually have this afternoon. I'm super excited to just touch base and like hear what he's been up to. So just say, yeah, like find a community, find folks who are interested in the same types of things that you're interested in. Even some people in like other areas that may have an impact on marketing. And so I have, you know, a number of sales leaders who I go to just to hear like what's on their mind. What are they thinking about? Because it's much different than 
what's going on in marketing. And then I actually reached out to an old colleague who's in data science. Hey, there's so much going on in the world right now. And like, we haven't talked in almost a year. What are you up to? Like, what are your goals? What are your challenges? And it's, it's an effort to maintain those relationships. But to your point, like they come back around and as a marketer, I'm constantly learning. So I want to make sure that I have a good big umbrella of folks who I can go to for different things. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on today. Yeah, this was so uh, fun. It's such a fun little Friday conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I didn't fumble the words all that much. I hopefully (laughs) some good takeaways out of that 30 minute conversation. (laughs) Oh yeah. Great takeaways. Great takeaways. I think uh, it'll be super helpful to to people. So if people want to connect with you, what's the, the best way to do that? So the best way is probably to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you could also hit me up in my email, which seems to be a little bit backed up right now. Tquel, Q-U-E-H-L at demandbase.com. But I would say LinkedIn is probably the spot to find me. I'm on there all day, every day. So, <laughs> Or TikTok, if you want to follow someone or, who's or, doing a great job. I think you're doing a great job. Or TikTok, I'm um, at the Sassy Fin server. So you can go find me for some good uh, financial services humor over there as well. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for uh, for coming on and I uh, look forward to chatting. Thanks again. so much for having me. Yeah, I can't wait to have another conversation. Folks have any questions, feel free to reach out. Happy to connect. And that wraps up this edition of Marketing Unboxed. Just want to thank you for listening and thank you for continuing to tune in. If you enjoyed the show, if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, give it a rating, give it a review on Apple. I think you could do the same thing on Spotify. Uh, And if it's something you can do uh, on any other platform, please do it. I really appreciate it and uh, just helps and get the word out. And until next time, I'm out.